0: In the 36th edition of the Deming Lens, we'll take a look at neuroscience and the work of W. Edwards Deming. Hi, I'm Tripp Babbitt, host of the Deming Institute podcast. And this week, I want to talk about neuroscience and Deming. I do a podcast separate from the the Deming Institute uh, that... Looks at uh, neuroscience and how we might be able to learn from it in business, and it's just—it's been a very interesting journey for me. And it started all because a lot of the books I w- was reading uh, probably three, four years ago had to do with what was called the try and brain. Now I didn't even know it was called that at the time. It was uh, the the word uh, comes from? Uh, Paul McLean, who, who came up with this breakdown of your brain into three uh, parts. And just to simplify it, it's a reptilian brain, a mammalian brain, and the human brain, uh, and that those are the three parts. And the reptile brain is more the fight or flight. Type of thing that were, yeah. You know, that was the beginning part of our brain, and then there's this outer layer. Uh, if you could visualize the mammalian brain, which is the limbic system, our emotion and our behavior. And then this third component that uh, advanced later, uh, basically the human brain as we know it now, is part of the neocortex, which is where we have reason and the ability to do the things that humans can do that no other species can do. Um, but as I got into it and I started talking to neuroscience, one thing uh, started to become very evident, and that is that most neuroscientists uh, don't believe that the brain is three separate parts. And that there may be a component of your brain that may be involved in emotion or reason or whatever, but it was the interconnectedness of the brain that really caught me by surprise. And I had never really thought about it. So much had been written about these three parts and how we react uh, as reptiles when certain things happen and, and and so forth. And it made sense, and it was easy to grasp. And I think that's one of the reasons why people perpetuate this. As a matter of fact, I'm sure it is at this point. But, what's the, but it struck me that um, this interconnectedness was just like a, a system. And when we talk in terms of Dr. Deming's system of profound knowledge – it got me thinking about how difficult it is to come up with a way for people to learn something that is not the way that we normally learn things. We learn about math, we learn about English, we learn about history, we learn about a whole series of different components, and it's just the way that humans make Sense of the world as we move forward, and it's easy to explain. As a matter of fact, one neuroscientist that I had on my podcast talked about the fact that uh, you know if it's if it helps people understand, it's okay to overgeneralize, uh, and that's what people have done by perpetuating this try and brain uh, fallacy. Um, but it does. Make it very difficult since we don't learn systems, we learn parts that being able to put those parts into a whole becomes even more difficult. And we see this in the education si- systems, even at advanced levels. You know, uh, we have psychology and, and system profound knowledge and we have uh, theory of variation. We got theory of knowledge. We've got appreciation for a system so, and that all four of these things interact. And it's just foreign when you talk to people because they want to learn one piece. Uh, and that just isn't the way that our brain is made <laughs> uh, I, you get, because of its interconnectedness. And it's very difficult for us to grasp this system, profound knowledge that these four components Uh, work together to create the system. And yet nature does not look at things the way that humans have broken it down. It doesn't see math or science or English or French or any other things. These are just ways that uh, humans have adapted to be able to communicate each other. And a lot of the ways we've had to adapt include uh, the ability to overgeneralize. And I've been reflecting, you know. I, I think some people within the Deming community think it think of it almost as a red badge of courage or something. The f- the fact that there is no true method associated with the Deming philosophy. You kind of have to understand the the each of these four components uh, in light of each other, and there's no way to really separate them out because they are so interconnected. And so, it got me thinking, and especially as I've started to build my own uh, model or my own method for implementing the Deming philosophy, I t- sat back and said, you know, this, this this is a challenge. I mean, it won't be perfect. Um, there are some things I've learned over the years about uh, implementing the Deming philosophy in organizations. Some have worked better than others, but the more that I have learned – about how uh, interconnected these things are and how foreign uh, Deming's philosophy is, the way that people think that it, it seems like a worthy mission to be able to go out and try and figure out a way to communicate it in a way in which people can grasp. Uh, I don't think it just separating ourselves in the Deming community as people who are Deeper thinkers, or uh, you know, more robust in our education of uh, W. Edwards Deming, is going to advance the cause. And I think now is a truly a pivotal time in our history, especially as we talk in terms of bringing many a lot of manufacturing back uh, overseas into the United States, and we're going to have potentially another opportunity to. Uh, And I talked about this last week or last month a little bit about the the situation that we have these barriers with the way that we're financially oriented and short-term thinking oriented. And uh, we have dividends and stock buybacks and all things that will be barriers to organizations to be able to compete uh, in something like manufacturing. Uh, but I do find it interesting that, you know, with all the talk of AI and uh, automation, that why can't it be done here uh, in in domestic countries and within their own region, you know, not just the United States, but, you know, with a shortage of masks and ventilators as we go through the coronavirus uh, having things more locally located um, seems to make a lot of sense to me. So or I think another opportunity may be coming from the manufacturing realm, and it can't be the old formula uh, that we've heard about from uh, traditional management, and that is got to get more productivity and get things out at a higher rate, um, and we're learning about the quality problems associated with some of the uh, PPE from uh, foreign countries. So we're going to have to, uh, if we're going to compete in this area, we're going to have to get up on AI. We're going to have to get up on automation and figure out ways to uh, use that. Now I come from the philosophy of looking at technology, I remember technology, you know, when we had information technology and all the computers coming out and everything, everybody was going to was saying, geez, you know, all the jobs are going to go away because we have information technology now. Well, uh, <laughs> I think we can safely say the inf- information technology has actually grown the employment of uh, countries rather than diminished it over a particular period of time. So. These are some of the things that I that I see and, and being able to have some method associated with the Deming philosophy uh, to me makes a lot of sense, although very difficult to accomplish that I'll attest to because there's so many things when you look through that particular uh, Deming lens where you're seeing a lot of the interconnectedness b- between things, but we need to start to be able to connect the dots to reach those that are of the try and brain type of uh, mindset where they've overgeneralized things to the point where maybe it's it's even wrong <laughs> uh, if we're looking at it from a dumbing lens standpoint. So, being able to communicate those things and breaking it out, maybe using the components of trying try brain, but with a uh, asterisk next next to it that basically says, "Hey, you know these things are all interconnected. We don't we aren't just emotional because of the limbic system. We're emotional because the limbic system is involved, but so are multiple other parts of the brain. And sometimes the limbic system isn't even involved at all, which is bizarre to me. But um, these are some of the thing things uh, that you learn and that what makes the Deming philosophy so interesting to me is the fact that uh this interconnectedness be- between things uh perpetuates actually the way that things actually are uh, in in the natural world and so we're going to have to uh be able to take that and maybe look relook at things and especially in the education system um, you look at colleges and universities, you know, everything is still separated into uh, pieces. And I think one of the interesting parts to me about uh, Dr. Deming was that he reached across multiple disciplines to be able to come up with his philosophy. Uh, he had to learn something a little bit about... Uh, uh epistemology he had to learn a little bit about uh, psychology I, I suspect he probably would be at this point with the advancements in neuroscience looking into that but i don't know but i but just because he's such a lifelong learner i have to believe that he would be um he that he would uh had that he knew about systems thinking um and started to put that together and i think the cross uh, almost cross the de- department type of thinking or uh, the the interconnectedness of the system uh, type of thinking is really what what sets it apart and allows it to leap so i challenge people to be able to go out there and think in terms of uh, the deming philosophy and in ways to explain it that don't over, oversimplify or water down the message of what it was that he is was trying to teach and still am a strong believer that we need to continue to advance that thinking and looking at cross disciplines that can help uh, shed light on uh, Dr. Deming's philosophy and be the lifelong learners that he challenged us to be. So, that was it for this, this month. I wanted to go through just a it was such a, a moment for me when you started to see uh, that the brain was as interconnected as the Doctor Deming system of, of profound knowledge. That 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 there are so many things that make up our thoughts and the way that we react and do things, and it's not just one part of our brain. Uh, and so it isn't one part, and, and it. Really sent me back to uh, systems thinking that we're greater than the sum of our parts, and and just optimizing the parts within an organization uh, will not uh, achieve what we need to do, and that we have to understand what the connections are, um, and we will have to continue to overgeneralize them in order to communicate them, but we got to be careful not to water down the message um, of what a system is and what Dr. Deming was talking about in his system of profound knowledge. Thank you for listening to the Deming Institute podcast. Stay updated on the latest blogs, podcasts, programs, and other activities at deming.org.